We're back. The Duran Show, episode number eight. Matt Mitchell, another evening. How's it going? It's going. We've had a little break. It's uh, We had a, a little bit of a hiatus since our last uh, recording. It feels like a long time. This is weird. I'm nervous. Yeah, we had a good stretch of like an episode every week, and now we're like back to fairly sustainable like every three-week type of character. <laughs> The the country started opening up, and what was the first thing to get scrapped? <laughs> Friday night podcast <laughs> recording gone. <laughs> beer, cards. oh no! But then we just realized <laughs> you can drink beer and record. <laughs> I know this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be a fun episode. I'm like two margaritas <laughs> deep. <laughs> um. Uh. So what what's on the top? Hey, we had some big news just come out. Well, some horrible news. Uh, whatever big day it was. Nova is canceled officially. Yeah. <sighs> Horrible news. Big sigh. I was so, so pumped. It was going to be the four of us. Myers bought two armies to play. Mitchell has been painting up like two unique armies. Matt, you've been painting up unique armies. I bought a whole new army to play. I was so jacked for Nova. Uh, I was super stoked. Yeah. And I was holding out hope. I thought. I thought it was going to survive the test of time, and I just got when I saw that email, it was like a freaking gut shot. Yeah, it really was. I mean, stock market crashing 1,700 points this week. I was like, eh, nobody has. How do you know you're a nerd? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I guess we'd all kind of talk, maybe not on the episode, but we'd all kind of talk like we thought it was going to happen. But as the weeks kept going on and as the as the announcement kept getting stalled, I started to get like a secret glimmer of hope. And yeah, I was pretty bummed. All right, what are we what are we chatting about tonight? We're chatting. We had a couple things lined up. We've got a quick update on army you're building, Matt, or have already built. Uh, got to actually play test a little bit. And then after we go through that, we can do another one of our army reviews featuring uh, one of mine. So pretty, pretty excited. But before we jump into that, uh, we've talked about your Corsairs, Matt. We've introduced them. You finally got to play them. Yeah, I mean, that, this was my opening game from the uh, lockdown hiatus. So I played it here with a local guy from the group. Um, and it was a strange points level. We played it at 500 points, uh, and it was the, one of the new scenarios. So it's the one for lack of a better way of putting it. That's basically just capture the flag. It was my first time playing it and gotta say like the scenario. So for the people who haven't done it, I mean, you set up the board where you're playing kitty corner versus rectangular square edge to square edge. And the idea is to go move the objective on the other guy's board edge and get it off one of your board edges. So you get points if it's moved from the original position. You get more points if you get it back on your or you're in possession of it. And you get even more points if you get it off the board edge at the end of the game. So it's kind of one of those variants. So sneaky good if you're Rohan or elves because expert writer, you don't have to dispatch. Or eagles. Yes. 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 Yeah. Um, so it was a little bit of a odd night cause I built a 600 point army and when my opponent showed up, he had brought 500 points. Um, so I had to like fairly quickly adjust to the points level. Um, but you know, with, with Corsairs, that's not too hard given how cheap a lot of the heroes and the base troops are. Um, so models or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm used to this thing covering this end of the board. I don't know what to do. I can see a daylight patch. Mm. Um, but uh, so I was up against a Rivendell White Council Alliance. So Rivendell, they had a Restor um, and a generic captain. Uh, assortment, only four bows, but the captain had a bow. So they had five shots, one with might, a rester leading a bunch of high elves, uh, mixed uh, shields and spears. And then allied in with uh, what member of the White Council do you think would be allied in in this latest version of the meta? 
Radagast. Kelleborn. Kelleborn. Yeah, yeah I, I wish. <laughs> Actually, though, the, the funny thing is the first time I've played against the Hobbit version Lady of the Light ever. Really? Um, yeah, so I've, I've seen a lot of people playing, but I've never actually gotten a face up. So, yeah, you had Galadriel in on there. Um, Super good. So I had every hero except a captain. So I had Dalamir, Dalgamar, and a bosun, just one of each, and did not bring a captain or a second bosun with this variant. Uh had, I believe, only six Reavers, and then filled out the rest of the points with shield and spears. Um, so, quick story. Um, there was a bunch of heavy houses in the ter- in the middle of the board, and my opponent set up with his bows in, like, a little clear view, and then set his armies where he could basically form a line touching each house so he's filling the gap between two houses so he really i mean it was a great deployment because he took away my options to turn the corner on him without marching around two different buildings of which time he can either try and punch through my center line or make sure that when we engage first i don't have a huge numbers advantage because i basically had him two to one so as we lined up i took dalimar's Dalamir's warband squared off up front with a bunch of crossbows. And then I took the bosun and Delgamar's warband and set them up for a heroic march around the right side house. Uh, so, of course, Galadriel has the blinding light that she doesn't even need to cast for. So she cast that and became apparent my crossbows weren't going to do a lot of good. Um, so I charged in on the middle. I heroic marched with Dalgamar and the Bosun's Warband. And I thought that I would be able to get there with one march and round the corner the next turn. But the way it measured out, getting nine inches, it actually took me four turns to engage the elves. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, but by the end of turn four, I finally engaged both sets of Warbands. I had his objective with two guys that I'd branched out from the flanking group on the right. But it was just a bloodbath because the elves winning fights on sixes, not being outnumbered and actually being able to kill my guys because of the defense four. Uh, by the time I engaged, I was almost broken. So I was feeling pretty bad about it. But keep in mind, all the Reavers were on the right hand flanking warband. Once those Reavers and Delgamar got in, it just became a bloodbath the other way. It was insane. So I was like going from like, oh, this is horrible. Corsairs suck. To like, Corsairs are freaking awesome. They kill everything. Um, And then I had his objective. I'm moving it. He's nowhere near my objective because he hasn't budged off that first line. Um, And then all of a sudden, like, I have no idea what happened. I broke and I think, I'll need you guys to check. I can't remember. I think that game ends when you're down to a quarter. It's not ending at broken. Uh, I'll check really quick. It's retrieval, I, I believe. Think you start rolling at half on that period. Okay. Two seconds. So whatever the 20, case 25%. Is, you do 25? On, yeah. Then the game ends, I think. On the, game lasts, the game lasts until the end of the turn, which one force has been reduced to a quarter. Yeah. So I got broken and started. Oh, that's breakthrough. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. It's so, retrieval. Sorry to interrupt, Matt. No, we're, it's, we're doing retrieval. Uh, roll one or two. Yeah, once you break. Yeah. yeah okay. Right. All right. All right. Sorry. We'll do a, no, that's fine. I was asking, so Mitchell was right. Um, Wait, what was that? Yes. Yeah, we can edit that out. Kind of broke that up there. What, say that again. Yeah. Um, Don't worry. So we can edit that I, out. I broke. <laughs> And I, I immediately tried to bring my heroes in where they would uh, form, you know, good protective standfast situations. And here is the critical moment of the game. Dalamir is charged by a restor and like six other elves and a captain. Oh, my goodness. 
on a heroic move. So I had priority. Lady of Light called a heroic move with her last point of might, surrounds Dalamir, who has been wounded once but has three fate. So one does he wound. have does he have the thing where he can't be trapped yes. while he's standing? Okay, cool. Yep. I have a feeling that's where this is going. Yes, that's where it's going. Okay, so my opponent is one model away from breaking. Now, when it's my turn to move, to do my normal move after his heroic move was done, I had the option of bailing out Dalamir or going to finish the break and just annihilate the rest of his force. So I split off half the people who were in on Dalamir. So Dalamir is fighting Arrester, who doesn't have any might left, and three other people. Everything else is split off. Dalamir uses his last point of might to call a heroic strike, rolls to fight ten, and then rolls three ones and gets killed. Oh! oh. Yeah. One-shotted. <laughs> Delgamar, my bosun, and every other reaver lost their fights. Oh, no. <laughs> I got quartered. My leader got killed. And I had possession of his objective. I lost five to three. If you had the points up, I think that's right. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, can, we, can we stop right there, though? Played like a true pirate. When faced with the decision, do we protect our captain or go for the glory? We go for the glory. <laughs> go <for> the glory. <laughs> captain who? I don't remember. Yeah. I see elves. We got him on the run, Captain. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that turn, I got quartered, obviously. So. <laughs> in, in hindsight, in hindsight, with going around the houses, I need two marches in the list. So I either need to get a captain or two bosuns. Because had I had two marches, this game is ugly lopsided. I mean, ugly. The other thing is I've got to be a little more cautious with these... Uh, defense threes and i was scared of his shooting but he only had five shots so i could have taken a couple rounds of shooting um and position better before i engage so i was a little bit too aggressive so i think the corsairs are going to be baller once i learn how to play them so pretty good learning opportunity for me i'm also excited yeah i'm here excited to see how you uh adapt with them and what you're learning from them good insight I'm not. I hate this army. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Matt, I'm coming around. I'm coming around to your side of the low defense armies. I'm starting to see their value. Yes. Uh, I've always been high defense. Just take it, you know, it, but uh, there's nothing better when you lose like five or six guys. And you're like, that's okay. No big deal. <laughs> yeah i didn't even like them <laughs> so and they're and it's so so depressing for your opponent too when you're like oh defense three this is no problem wait i didn't kill him <laughs> something's all right yes yeah. yeah well i see i like playing goblin town but people don't enjoy playing against goblin town so this is like a horde style army that people enjoy playing against because i I've never had anybody like be like, oh, man. Well, I've only played one game, but I always hear people talk about Corsairs in a good way, except Marcus. Marcus, I'm curious. <laughs> why don't you like Corsairs? Just because they're kind of a made-up? No, I've been on the receiving end of, like, two just ass whoopings. Uh, one, <laughs> via, one via crossbows where it was, like, Duck Hunter and I was the duck. And then um, <laughs> the other one, a la Reavers, where I had six-point models uh, not just beating, killing, and moving on, but more like obliterating, pillaging, and I like all erasing all trace of my existence. Uh, like six points versus twenty points, and it was just it it was so frustrating. Uh, oh yeah, there, and there I go. do have to say, Adam from the Canadian League, who suggested that I pay one point extra for each reaver and give him an axe, piercing strike. Oh yeah. Definitely strength four, two attacks, Definitely plus two to it. wound oh, is yeah. insane. Yeah, no, they're they uh they are a very 
good army. It's frustrating. I do think they have a high skill cap because I think if you, you can get yourself into a lot of trouble, especially yeah. when you get towards the end game and all of a sudden your entire army could run away. Um, or if you don't have, if you haven't done a good job early game and your number advantage isn't materializing in game, you can get in a lot of trouble. So I think they're a hard army to be good at, but no, they are, they are an incredible army. Oh, by the way, one thing I skipped over because I was like in a hurry. I had a few black Numenorians at the front of my line, which I thought, okay, these are D6. Elves are going to have a hard time with it. The Lady of Light just like crucified them. It was <laughs> insane. Wait, are like, black Numenorian spirits? Are they spirits? No, no, they're okay. they're not. But but, but she, she just. just Three attacked him, strength four. I was oh, like, okay. what's going on? And that was like, you guys would have laughed at me because, like, I saw he had the, the, the standard Lothlorien Galadriel model. Oh, so it's the white one. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, I'm like, <laughs> why would he bring that? That's so silly. And then, like, she goes into combat. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is – I'm going to have to teach this guy to play. And then he rolls. I'm like, ah, you're rolling too many dice, man. And it's like, Galadriel. And he's like – Oh, Lady of Light. I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wardrobe change now. Psych, this is not fair. <laughs> it's like, where? She doesn't even have her fountain. She <laughs> uh, doesn't good. even have an eagle to back her up. All right. Good, good, good bat rep, though. Yeah, well, I'm excited to keep following this uh, and hear more bat reps and more uh now that we don't have the road to nova we'll have just road to blank and yeah. we'll just we'll I, fill it in when we get there i am trying to commit to just two playing two armies for the rest of the year i i've narrowed it down to three but i'm trying <laughs> to only play two it's so. gonna be one of 20 so so, so what's the two con and what else easterlings Oh, yeah. oh, so evil. Of you course. doubled down on yeah. evil for the year. Yeah, I think so. That's why, Matt, I'm, I would love to play your Corsairs. I think Chariots versus Corsairs would just be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Heroic March. Until, until hey, he man, brings 17 crossbows, crossbows. When you see 18 crossbows, I mean, there's nothing that's not a little bit squeamish. That's true. That's true. Let's do it. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. I am, I am all, all Corsairs the rest of the year, man. Really? Rest of yep. the year? Yep. Oh, guys, I have commitment issues. I played Fiefdoms just this is my first game back, and I was just like, I forgot how much I love this army. Pivot. <laughs> uh, Speaking of which, look, look at me build my own segues. I yeah. know. <laughs> That's an ideal time to talk about Fiefdoms. Uh, <laughs> no, th this is uh, this is an army I've just. I've loved for a long time. Played it in older editions. Had a lot of the classic models. Uh, they yeah. were so OP before they had the rules uh, where it restricted army compositions to warband because you could run one hero and the rest knights. And I never lost a game with that army. No, no, I lost one because Immerhill, uh, yes, he failed to stand fast three times in a row. I remember this. I lost one game. And that's back when we used to play games all the time. Um, so coming into this new edition, picked them up. I don't know if they're so overpowered in this edition. They actually, I find them challenging to play. I don't think I've played them enough to be uh, really good at them. I like them. I've had some success with them, but um, no, they're, they're challenging. And I'm sure we'll talk about why, but unless you guys have an objection, let me go through. I sent you kind of what I was looking at for this as always, we're doing 800 points. We can do a quick run through, and then you guys can uh, throw any questions my way. Do it. The army is three warbands. It's built on three of the heroes, the three classic heroes. It's going to be Emmer Hill, Forlong the Fat, and Ingvor the Fearless. Uh, we'll talk about other compositions maybe after the after the list review. So. The thing that sticks out to me when I look at this list initially when I was building it is very cavalry heavy. Emeril is on a horse, which is always an automatic include for me. Forlong the Fat is on horse. Uh, side note plug. That was my first ever, uh, what do you call it? Customization. Conversion. conversion. Yeah, that was my first ever conversion. So I like that model, even though it doesn't look very good. I love him. So Forlong's on, on horse as well. And then I'm bringing 10 Knights of Delarm Roth on horse. So 12 mounted units. It's a lot of cavalry. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's, it's a lot of it's, elite cavalry. Yeah. A lot of elite cavalry. And then it's it's supported by a really even mix of Knights of Delarmroth on foot and men at arms with a few clansmen of uh, Lambdon sprinkled in. So let me go through the warbands quickly. Emrahil has the largest warband. He's bringing seven Knights of Delarmroth on horse. And then he's bringing five Knights of Delarmroth on foot, supported by four men at arms. That's my biggest warband. And then Forlong the Fat is bringing three Knights of Delarmroth on horse. So there's the rest of my cavalry. And then he's bringing five Knights of Delarmroth on foot with four men at arms again. So a very similar uh, foot composition. And then my last warband is Ingbor the Fearless with four Knights of Delarmroth on foot, three men at arms, so a little bit smaller, but he has four clansmen of Lambden. So total model count 42. Uh, 12 cavalry, three heroes. They're all heroes of valor. Might is eight, uh, three, three, two. Not a lot of will, but they have a ton of special rules. And I'll go slowly. This this could be annoying people if, if, the, if these rules are so old and hashed out, but I love them, so I'm going to go through them again. Uh, every single model in this list has some form of special rule. Emrahil, and, and the army bonus is uh, a majority of the rules actually apply to every model on the table. So Emrahil, who I think has the best rule, he has a 12-inch banner to all models in the army, including That's himself. Insane. That is insane. A 12-inch banner. It's amazing. Uh, Forlom the Fat has a 6-inch bubble where anybody, including himself, within that bubble can re-roll ones to wound in the combat phase. And he also carries a war horn. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then Engbor the fearless has a six inch bubble where everybody, including himself within that bubble is fearless. Now, those are the three hero primary special rules. Each of the models also have a supplemental special rule based on the hero that they're following. So let's start with Engbor the fearless, all of his clansmen, if they're within six inches of Angbor, count as if they were within range of a banner. So I have a couple different banner options in this army. The clansmen get a banner if they're within six inches of Angbor. Uh, Ang, uh, Forlong the Fat, his actual special rule I don't use because uh, he's with the Axemen, and I don't have any Axemen in this army. So his, his special rule there is uh, kind of moot. Uh, but then the, the one that I love so much, and it causes... A lot of funny looks on people's face. Uh, Emrahil gives a buff. So he's a, he's got the three-inch Boromir buff. Any men-at-arms or knight of Delarmoth within three inches of Emrahil gets plus one to their fight value. So they become fight five. Super-powered knights. Yeah, they are so beefed up, and there's so many bubbles going on. It's like the army of bubbles. I have yet to see it on the table, but I've heard people talking about pairing that combo with Boromir's banner because they all have the Gondor keyword. So you have fight six knights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a cool combo. We talk about it. I've, I've attempted it a couple times, um, not to completion, but I, I would actually like to talk about this because I think from from a principled point of view, I don't think this army can be allied successfully except for Engbor. I think Engbor is the only hero out of this list that you can easily plug and drop into somebody else's army. Mm. And I think that the because uh, there's a fourth hero of Valor in this army, Dunher. I think if you take Dunher, you have to drop Emrahil, mm. which is maybe really controversial because Emrahil is a hero of Valor and he's a pretty cheap hero, not hero of Valor. He's a hero of Legend and he's a pretty cheap hero of Legend. He's only 160 points with all of his gear. But I just, I don't think you can, I think there's too many, this is an army of elites, this is an army of flair, and I think if you water it down too much and take too much of one thing, you're going to get yourself into trouble. Hmm. But that's just my opinion. So that's the army. Any uh, any quick call-outs, or maybe we can start talking about... Uh, details and how this actually works zero shooting not even an honesty archer not even well and 
I guess the call out here is the honesty archers pair really well. So every hero has a buff. Dunher is the buff that gives, he's the archer buff. And I don't take Dunher. So the Blackroot Veil archers are basically a Gondor ranger, but worse in combat. They're fight three warriors. Oh, I see. Uh, so you don't really have the opportunity to do the fight for spear support, which works really well for Gondor lists. I've seen that work really well for Gondor lists. They do have some shooting bonuses. Um, but again, if you personally, I think if you're going to take advantage of those shooting bonuses, you have to take them in mass. And if you take them in mass, you got to start pulling your points away from somewhere. And I think I don't, I like the bubbles that Angbor, Forlong, and Emeril give. And even though I don't like Forlong's bonus all of that that much, I think the reroll one's the one I think I could give up the most. He's also a strength five hero with three might and a warhorn who has a war spear. Yeah. So he can pack an absolute punch in combat. Um, so I, I just prefer that. Yeah. Not even an honesty archer, Matt. Surrendering complete board control. And but you've got some range in there with the horses, so it can work. Surrendering, I, I would disagree with that because I can jump on you so quickly. Hmm. And I can take with D6 mounts, with D6 riders and D5 mounts, because all of my mounts are are uh, heavy armored horses. I've had multiple games where I'm going up against elite shooting and I can tank that first turn of shooting and then I'm on you and to sit back and shoot, you've given up board control and now I'm charging in and you're usually flat footed. And I've had a decent, so I've only played against elves once. Uh, there wasn't super shooting heavy. I played against several more typical uh, human, uh, human shooting and done very well. Mm. Yeah, Marcus, I haven't played your fiefdoms in at least over ten years. This this new version, this new flair, man, it's fun. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I actually have yet to play against fiefdoms in the new edition. So this would be this would be interesting. I wanna play it. I really do. I think it'd be fun. It's a good throw dice game. This uh I totally agree with you. I think I just throw them out. You guys have additional questions or critiques. Otherwise I'll just keep rambling on this army. So I, I really do love it. I think this is a weird combination of a glass cannon in that the entire army revolves around the heroes and the heroes staying alive and the heroes being positioned. Well, I have gone up against what on paper would be a far less optimal army and gotten obliterated because my heroes were out of place and I couldn't benefit from the bonus. And I think a lot of the points in the warrior troops are uh, calculating the fact that they'd get all these different bonuses and synergies. Uh, so it's it's weird. Like you have to make sure you have to give up. Like for instance, Emeril, unless there is a significant opportunity to, to get around a corner and then come back to the middle, if Emeril's not towards the middle of your battle line, you're missing out on so many rerolls. And with a heavily mounted army, uh, you just, I, I've, I've never been able to come back from that. All of my oh. knights need that extra die. I take that back. I did play against fiefdoms in a tournament against Max. Oh, completely forgot about that. But yes, Immerhill hitting the middle with his 12-inch bonus. Yeah, you're talking about him having to be in the middle and benefiting from so many rerolls. I remember that really, really came back, and that was just a huge pain. You're right. That's a huge synergy. <laughs> But think about it tactfully. So if you're going up against fiefdoms and you know that the primary hero has to be towards the middle, mm. it really limits your opportunities to be creative. Mm. And on top of that, I don't believe that these heroes do really well off on their own. I think if they're off on their own, they're really easy to get picked off. So I think my, my general strategy is at least two of them have to be within six inches of each other. Whether it be Forlong and Emberhill or Engbor and Emberhill, so it really, I think that depends on if I'm going up against an army that the terrifying, uh, the terrifying aspect could be in, in play, 
Angbor yeah. is such a critical model for me because he's got that six inch fearless bubble. Angbor is going to be the one that stays with Emmerhill. If I'm going up against a uh, super high defensive army, maybe harder to kill, Forlong is going to be the person that stays closer to to Emmerhill. And it also helps that you have so many lances in there. It doesn't matter what kind of defense it is. They're just going to, if they win, they're going to kill, right? Um, yeah. I, I, it's all coming back to me now, too. That fiefdoms I played um, had Gandalf the White allied in just Ooh. as a single drop. So you had Emmerhill with Gandalf the White on Shadowfax and then just filled in with uh, uh, Men at Arms, uh, some Knights of Del Armroth, Mounted, Foot, and I can't remember if he had Angbor or not, but it was quite a punch, actually, and it kind of protected that side, that That's crazy. magic side. Full disclosure, because you just remind me, uh, reminded me of this. This army is almost stolen this idea i don't know if the warrior composition is the same but i saw a guy in the australian league i'm totally blanking on his name he's always on the zorbazorb channel he plays fiefdoms a lot and he played he played fiefdoms uh, differently than i would have built it i think when i originally built this list i built it more towards 50 models so it had five less knights of delamroth on horse and when i watched him play he played very cavalry heavy and he showed me a way when I was watching those battle reports that they did, uh, I think way back when the edition first came, first was released, he had so many games where he did several waves of charging. And he had games where he actually had Knights of Delarmroth on horse that never charged, but always presented the threat of charging. So he would never charge wholeheartedly. And if he could have charged five, he would only charge three. And so he was always protecting himself for the counter charge. And that counter charge... If, if the bait was ever taken and the counter charge needed to be initiated, it was devastating. And having the banner re-roll, being able to support that counter charge and not, not feeling like you're always having to be in a position where you have to win a heroic move roll off, you're okay losing a, a, a move because you have so many counter charges lined up. That way of playing, that really passive way of playing super elite heavy cavalry that need to charge, I, I think it's amazing and it's super successful. Yeah, very good tactics. So I think, obviously, we've talked about this a lot um, off discussion. I think we should just say it just for the being on the record so that people don't think we're overlooking it. Uh, super susceptible to magic, obviously, this army. Because if you, if you take out the heroes with magic, you know, the special rules, everything like that, kind of linger. How many are they all passive? They're all passive, so that at least helps, but... Um, All of the rules are passive, yes. That helps. But yeah. still, you need your heroes for killing power a lot of times. And if they die or they go down, it's kind of rough. Yep. So I guess quickly, high level, strengths, weaknesses, strengths. It's a very fast-moving army with 12 mounted models and two heroes that are mounted. Uh, huge hitting power with the lances, the fight four, potentially fight five, depending on where Emrahil is. Rerolling ones to wound. 12-inch banner, so every model, if it charges, functionally has three attacks, three dice to win the duel, is usually going to have a superior fight value, is going to have a knockover bonus with a lance, so that's usually a kill. It rerolls one, so I'm wounding on fours and fives most of the time, plus I get to reroll ones. Uh, there are so many. The the clansmen of Lambden are a hidden gem because they have the broadsword, so they're a killing power. They're only seven points. They kind of sneak in. You can put two pikes behind them. The pike, the men at arms, the actual warrior blocks do really well because the pikes, you can trail them off and snake them closer to Emmerhill to give weird cheeky fight bonuses. Because the the men at arms also have the the rule where if they're within three inches of Emmerhill, they get a plus one to fight, so they can be fight five supporting a front line. Uh, so an unbelievable amount of killing power. If you go up against magic, and I would actually almost include monsters because monsters can. If you get some turns that go poorly, monsters can wreak havoc to this army. But magic for sure. Uh, Emrahil has three will. He is the Aragorn, super susceptible. If you, if as soon as you're out of will, you are turned off. Forlong only has one will. Forlong is basically a captain. So he only can try to do something for one turn. And Angbor has, I think Angbor has three as well. He's got yeah. two might, three will. Yeah. So 
it's really scary because the other thing on the back end, Emerhill is a really solid hero of legend with the three uh, might, will, and fate. Engbor has only two wounds, one fate. He's a very traditional captain stat there. So if you get into a situation where you're transfixed or paralyzed or compelled to do something, you really can't take tank a battle and you're low defense because he's in his kilt. He's got nothing to protect him, right? <laughs> so he's, he's just got it all out. He's just got it all out on the table. Um, so he, he can definitely get sniped in one turn. And Forlong has an additional wound. He's got three wounds, but still only one fate. Uh, so all of these heroes, if you get into a situation where their first you know, resisting roles go poorly, they can be turned off for the rest of the game. And if they're in a position where they can get turned off and killed, uh, your army just crumples in on itself most of the time. Zero, zero, zero counters to magic. I was actually the one game I played against Ing- Ingmar. Uh, they killed all three of my heroes. I think it was in the first two turns. It was an Ingmar super magic list. Yeah, you should go into that game because there's a lot of good things I thought you learned from that game. Um, if you wanted to just go through it, because like you said, your heroes, you said, went down really fast, but you still managed to make a game out of it. And I think maybe we'll save like the full on bat rep for a different conversation, but it was, I love playing. I love playing in these types of situations. You're right. I did. I think I did learn a lot, uh, but this Angmar list, it was three spellcasters, And because I was overly aggressive with trying to rush in, it was very similar to Matt, your, your Azog's Legion versus Ingmar Nova story that we went through. And my strategy where I was like, you just have to blitz. You just have to blitz. I tried that and it really backfired on me. I lost all three heroes. And there was a point where I was able to actually get Forlong. Forlong was more of a suicide run because the Witch King uh, presented himself. He just was a little bit too close and I was able to get a charge off on the Witch King. And I almost one shot at the Witch King. He had to burn all three fate. So I was like, ah, dang it. Um, but Engbor got black darted right away. Uh, it was like a double black dart. Engbor dead. He failed his fate roll. He rolled a one. Uh, went with only two might. So that's that's a kill. Imrahil ran in, got a charge, got a hero of combat, and then was paralyzed and one shot uh, from, I think it was Birder. Birder oh. just decimated him. And then uh, Forlong was actually the last one to die. He, uh, same, I think it was the same turn as Emerhill also got, he because he was more suicidal. I was expecting him to, to struggle. Uh, he got overwhelmed and, and got dropped. So, yeah, definitely was too aggressive. Um, and with so many special rules benefiting my warrior troop, what I what I what I realized playing that game is I was able to survive for a pretty long time just because of the way the terrain was set up. I had a lot to fight around and and cubby hole and fight fight through. My warriors and my knights did an incredible amount of killing, so I actually got the numbers advantage really early on, and it was hard um, for the Angmar army to try and battle back without the numbers advantage. Just because the first couple turns, I killed like swaths of orcs. Uh, but at the end of the day, without hero support, they they eventually struggled. The, the spellcasters took back control of the game, and, and that was that. I, it ended up being a tie game, I think, because at the end of the game, I ran a night around, and both ring rates that were on the list failed a black dart. They, they casted the black dart, but then rolled a twos or whatever, and they didn't get the kill, so I got one of the... What are the objectives at the very end? But no, it against magic. My my takeaway from that was I needed to play way more passively and do whatever it takes to keep my heroes alive. Uh, still not sure what that means. Don't know how to do it perfectly yet. But at least two of those heroes have to stay alive. I think. See, I'm learning from this too before I play it. Can you go through the weaknesses one more time? Hold on. Can you slow that down? I'm just going to play this. What would I be trying not to? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. What models did you say you never wanted to face? Oh, yeah, that's right. I was going to play those next week, man. <laughs> yeah, if I see if I see a quadruple spellcaster list, I'm going to be very suspicious. <laughs> no spellcasters. Uh, no spellcasters. No, that'll be a maybe a sneak peek preview if we ever get this show on YouTube for actual bat reps. That might be our first uh, our first our first go. Is it fully painted? Is your fiefdoms fully painted? No, not yet. They're I think okay. they're close. They're really close. Get it. Painted, I'll get them there. Then we'll do it. All right. I'm still. I have to paint mine. It's not finished. We'll get it painted. It'll be a good, good, good battle. But anyways, back to what you were doing. No, that's I, that's pretty much everything I had. I, I know I rambled for quite a long time there. I love this army. I could probably talk about it for three hours, but um, we did that last time, so I don't want to don't want to <laughs> go on too long. What do, What do you guys think? I, Mitchell, you said you haven't played against this in a long time. Uh, one battle, but that was allied in. Matt, yeah. your thoughts? And maybe we can even talk about the idea of allying this army instead of a pure army, like I've got here. So, um, honestly, super c- cool mo- list just because the models. I love the Forge World models for the knights. Um, mm, yes, they're beautiful. Yeah, I think Imrahil looks disgusting, but everybody likes the purists. <laughs> they just love that metal model. I don't know. But, um, no, so I like it for that. The synergies are really cool. So any list that you don't just mash into the army, but you're trying to figure out how to get the synergies to work, how do you make that a better bonus? I like that just for the skill cap. Um to me, and I'm not sure if you talked about it and I didn't hear it, but the strength three is a problem. Even with the, the Warriors? Even with yeah, because I think all the foot people who don't have lances are strength three, I think. Yes. 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 Yeah, so no, Mitch, if you get a plus one to wound on any bonus, then no, mm-hmm. absolutely not. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, because a lot of times I'm just assuming that if you heroic move to get the charge off on the cavalry, you're your people are probably left out of that because of range, but who knows if you play yeah. it right, maybe they get in on it. Even though I haven't played against it, I kind of like oversaw a little bit of Marcus playing this and he kind of, I think if I correct me, if I'm getting this wrong, Marcus, but you kind of over uh, compensate that by having uh clansman obviously in there to give you your plus one with the strength three, you have your Knights uh, Del Armoth mounted with the lances, but the foot soldiers and the men at arms are kind of there to like, stall and if they do get a kills great but you're kind of waiting for your heroes slash knights and clansmen to do most of the killing right closer but i would say the i play feast or famine this is this is besides for the fact that i don't have any of the axemen of i forget what they're they're from the axemen of yes that that one um because of I, i don't have any of the models i don't play them I also don't play them because I want the pikes from the men at arms because when I do my battle line, I do not do one pike per night. I dance the pikes around as best as I can to make sure I get three attacks on a combat because I have strength three. I'm likely going to win the fight and then I'm giving myself three dice to try and roll a six and I get to reroll ones. So Engbar really hangs around my, uh, uh, what do you call it? Sword and board blocks. To you try mean Thorlong? And, yeah, what did I say? I said the other one, sorry. Thorlong the Fat. Okay. He gives plus what? He gives re-rolled ones. So he hangs around the, the, the sword board block to try and help. I try to get three attacks wherever I can. I like to do three ones instead of just two attacks across. Yeah. Strength three is a weakness. And I, I've run into that issue against plain dwarves a couple times. It was it was tough at first. Hmm. But, I mean, every army has a weakness, so that's mm. nothing new. The, the thing is, does it have enough strength to make the weaknesses livable? And I think this one clearly does, so uh, provide that just with the cool factor that you don't see a ton of Dalamroth out there. Red Dalamroth. I realize a lot yes. of my armies are trending red. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that, though. I'll double down. Well... I see a lot of people painting Dal Amroth 
on the Facebook pages. I don't see anybody playing them. So I think historically they're an army that's gotten trashed a lot. Got wrecked. And I can't remember. There was one of the other podcasts that uh, was talking about a different army that had great synergies. And it was saying that basically that army was what Dal Amroth tried to be and couldn't. So they were really trashing that the synergies in Dal Amroth don't work. But I don't quite get that because they seem like if you if you know what you're doing, it, uh, I don't know. It seems like they, you can make them work. But I guess and I, I honestly can't remember. I know I'm, that was from a podcast, but I can't remember which one. But they're that, thinking that they didn't work out well. Yeah, that was Green Dragon, and they were talking about the um, uh, Dunland. Yeah. Dunland? Really? Yeah, they were talking about Dunland yeah, over yeah, that's fiefdoms? Right. That's right. Oh, yeah. man. This is, I will say fiefdoms is the only army where I'd ever be tempted to use Heroic Resolve. Emerald Hill has Heroic Resolve. Yeah. I. It's It's... Yeah, that's uh, definitely an army. Because, yeah, you're right. He sits back. He still offers the 12-inch banner. Gets that resolve mm -hmm. off. Yeah. It's weird for the idea of a, a hero of legend on an armored horse with a lance at fight six with three attacks could Straight have several games right. yeah. where he never he actually does better by never being in combat. But this would be, on your Durin show record, the second army where you would do that. Because you're already on record as having one more where you would spam them. What? Helm Hammerhand, Legendary Legion. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's not Helm. Yes. Ooh, Matt with the historical records. Okay, I should have clarified. Armies, armies that I own right now. Because the, the Rohan Force is all in theory. I've never actually gotten to play that. Um, this is the only army that I currently own with this type of this this big, beefy hero. We will allow it. Huh. I have been forgiven. Um, I I would actually I would contest the fact I would I would never compare Dunlending to fiefdoms because honestly if I if I played against that and I would say Mordor to a certain extent seems like it plays similarly to Dunland. Um, the new Dunland with all the, the new Dunland. Yeah, yep. six inch banners. The uh, I just the plus guys the, wounds. the fearless. Unless I, I guess if I were to if I were to pick fiefdoms or over Dunland, I have I have the answer to a big monster. I have two heroes that can strike. I have killing power. I have mobility. I have superior fight value. I have superior defense. And unless I play really poorly, every model on the board is going to have a banner. Hmm. I. How can you compare that to Dunland? We'll have to come well, back to this. This Dunland. is how we're going to make the next step in podcast fame. <laughs> yeah, we're calling the Green Dragon out for being yes. <laughs> a debate. Watch it like they never have talked we about We want Dunland to play anymore. you on Tabletop Simulator and prove how wrong you are. It would be a fun army. I, I don't know anybody that has Dunland in our group. But uh, maybe we'll have to. A couple of, couple of people, I think, just got it. Oh. Wow. Guys. I'm shaking. Because they have, well, it, okay, I'll, 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 I'll be a little more specific. They do have the Fearless with the Wild, the Oathmaker. No, no, I, I get what you're saying. It's an army of synergies. And, and they're just saying they, they like Dunlany better. What they do have that Del Armoth does not is the Kerbine. So you have the yep. 12 flying monsters that are yeah. in the place. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, I think the best testament to an army's ability. Is how it does within tournaments. I do not see fiefdoms having tremendous success because their their most glaring weakness, magic or ability to counter magic, is something that every tournament will present. Every tournament has uh, some sort of magic. Like for instance, I was playing in a tournament. I did pretty well. I actually got third in the tournament. One of the tournaments down in Portland with this exact list. Uh, one my my only loss was against the White Council on fog of war uh, a scenario that favored me the board favored me and the white council list run by josh absolutely wrecked me i, I was struggling to do anything <laughs> i clawed back i think it was a minor loss i everything i tried to do just got thwarted and thrown back in my face so and I think there's a reason you don't see them on top tables they have they have struggles 
I think that's also what makes them more fun. If you can make them work, there's a little bit of pride that goes with them. Here comes the Easterling commercial. You know, <laughs> I was just thinking this. <laughs> this reminds me of a, a story I once heard. <laughs> and I'll come back. <laughs> they remind me of my Easterlings. And then oh, Ab shows up. <laughs> so this is guys to catch these subtle cues <laughs> just uh just so we can avoid talking about the worst army in the game any further um i uh, first time ever i would officially like to challenge both of you with this army so mitchell you and i have talked briefly about doing a con versus fiefdoms i think that'd be fun 800 points you see my list i love doing good versus evil matt you have corsairs i would love to play fiefdoms versus corsairs yeah, let's 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 make this happen. First game, let's do fiefdoms versus corsairs at 800 points. I haven't seen your no, I have seen your list because you talked about it briefly. But if you'd send it to me again, Mitchell, I haven't seen your 800 point con list on paper. I'd love to see that too. So good. We'll still build our Nova list finesse. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. What could have happened? Ah, oh, I'm so sad. Oh, uh, so as we're wrapping up, I just think super cool for us, uh, like out of the frying pan, like called our show out. I was like so happy, yes. Mitchell, when you <laughs> sent that. I was like, famous people are talking about us. <laughs> that was awesome. pretty awesome. Yeah. So not bad. Yeah, it was. It was cool. I was like, I, I was, can't believe. I was super pumped. That's, that's because. Awesome. I was actually just starting the episode and listening to it when someone in the Seattle area messaged me and said, you guys got a shout out. And I was like, so I skipped to the end. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I mean, super cool. So, I mean, even though it means a lot less coming from us, shout out to the out of the frying pan that we do listen to all their episodes. And then uh, strategy game stooges did the same for us. So they came out just about the same time we did. And that's another us podcast. So that's cool. (laughs) This might sound a bit cheesy, but I love it. The the podcast community, the the Middle Earth strategy battle game community, uh, it's very positive, and everybody is always down to uh, to support and help out. And, uh, yeah, it means a lot. We've gotten a lot of people that reached out and said nice things. All of it probably undeserved at this point, but it's made it really fun to do this type type of discussion. And I've had a blast. So, shout out yeah. to everybody who's who's uh, listening along with us. Yeah, we work well for compliments, people. It really motivates us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. Sad, but true. (laughs) Unashamed. Not joking. (laughs) Uh, Well, guys, it's been fun. This is... uh... This has been a good discussion. I'm looking forward to... Hey, we're we're building our ramp for the next kind of follow-ups as we take our novelists and play each other instead of playing other people. It'll still be fun. We'll, We'll make the most of this. Absolutely. Yep. Done. All right. Take it easy, guys. See ya.